Good evening and welcome. The programme is Subject ACT with me, Sophie Singh, on your people-powered radio, 2XXFM 98.3, bringing you stories from our local Canberra community and beyond. Stories with a global dimension. Tonight on Subject ACT, former Subject ACT producer Nathan Goobler shares what it's like to be on a proper quiz show. You know, the ones we watch on TV. With his special subject, the history of Canberra. So now it's quiz time. How good is your Canberra knowledge? Who was appointed as Royal Commissioner in 1899 to investigate possible sites for a new federal capital city? And what name was given to the plan put forward in the 1960s for metropolitan growth along defined Canberra transport corridors? Do you know the answers? I didn't. These are just two of the questions that Nathan Goobler encountered in his recent appearance on SBS's Mastermind with his special subject, the history of Canberra. Nathan, who incidentally is a former Subject ACT producer, joins us to share his experience of being a masterminder. Did I just come up with that? And is that a real thing? (laughs) Nathan, it's great to see you and thanks for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me on. We can't leave the listeners hanging. Can you answer those two questions? So Alexander Oliver was the first one designated to find the site amongst others from off the top of my head. I think the Getty was another one, that, which is further south in the Snowies. And then the Y plan was the other. I remember as a kid looking at the map of Canberra and thinking it was in the shape of a Y. So that one was a bit easier for it to oh, stick in okay. my mind, I feel. So that's yeah. the reason for its naming as yeah, the Y plan. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Well, you got Gungahlin all the way to Tuggeranong and then like you got Branch offshoot, which would be Belconnen. Oh, well, that makes more sense. I thought, what a bizarre oh, okay. <laughs> title to give a plan, but no, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quizzing's a really popular activity, from the family quiz around the kitchen table to pub quizzing, right through to the serious quizzes that we watch on TV. Mm. And while I think we all try and guess the answers in the safety of our living rooms, not many of us take it to the next level and actually go to the serious quizzes. Do you do a lot of quizzing? Uh, mainly, yeah, from the comfort of my own home. We watch a lot of quizzes, my partner and I, including Mastermind, obviously, Hard Quiz, which is very popular. And after my appearance on here, that's pretty much been the number one question is, when are you going to go on Hard Quiz? Oh, okay. um, And do you have an answer? Well, I've applied. and Well, I've applied for a few of these and I I don't know, just kind of like applying for a job, you put it in not really expecting to hear back from them. Sure. And so, was it Mastermind in particular that you were keen on or it was just the one that came up at that time? I think for me, Mastermind, at least on Australian TV, is the most straight edge quiz show. You got like other ones like Hard Quiz, but that's kind of more like only just mucking around, whereas Mastermind at least has the veneer of like seriousness to it. Although uh, Mark Fennell being the new host kind of gives it a bit of a, a lighter edge. Although Jennifer Byrne was also, you know, quite yeah. lighthearted as well. Yeah. Each of the quiz shows have their own sort of signature or their own niche and hard quiz with a very comedic character. For people who are not familiar with Mastermind, what's its signature? And it seems like it's a very austere mm. set yeah. and a, a significant use of lighting, which is an interesting inclusion. But how would you describe Mastermind to people who weren't familiar with it? I guess the look of it is that it's supposed to give the appearance of making the contestants sweat like they're put on the spot about their specialist subject. So I guess that's the 
key difference is that it really has quite a focus on having a specialist subject. The format of the show is you're given two minutes to answer questions on your specialist subject and then 90 seconds to answer general knowledge questions. The appearance of the show as well, like struggling to think of any other game shows at all, quiz or otherwise, that have that very serious uh, aesthetic which incidentally I found out was, and I can't remember the name of the creator of the show, but it was based on his experiences being interrogated by the Gestapo in World War II, which oh was pretty, goodness, that pretty very intense. Dark. <laughs> yeah. So wow. uh, an interesting way to try and reinvent your trauma, I guess, you know, creating a, something that's entertainment out yes. of such a horrible experience. See it in a different light. Oh, yeah, Knowing for sure. that context. Mm, mm. Nathan, what was involved in the application process? What did you need to provide to the producers? It was really quite kind of basic. I guess the main thing that they looked for was to see your passion about your specialist subjects. And they asked for a few because, as is the way with these shows, you know, your first couple have already been done or they're not, um, I don't know, perhaps suitable for TV or they need to be narrowed down or things like that. So I think that's the main focus for the application process. The history of Canberra obviously was the one that got the Guernsey. Is this something that you're interested in generally or you chose it, like you say, out of a number to explore? So definitely the latter. I couldn't say that I'm an aficionado of Canberra history, although my interest in it was actually spurned doing this program, Subject ACT, when uh, I interviewed an enthusiast of Canberra architecture, Martin Miles, who runs canberrahouse.com.au. That was kind of spurned on. I just typed in architecture in Canberra because I like had this image, which a lot of Canberrans probably do, of like, you know, boring, brutalist, bureaucratic buildings and things like that. And that kind of revealed that there was so much intention behind the design and a lot of progressive intention as well. It should be said, you know, the brutalist aesthetic was a very forward-thinking, futuristic design style. That kind of spurred my interest to then, like, think about Canberra a bit more deeply when you go to, say, Sydney or Melbourne and you look to look at, like, terrace houses, I'm sure a lot of Canberrans would go, ah, that's history, that's, you know, 1800s, that's what history looks yeah. like, when really history is everywhere. Sure. And so, growing up in town, I barely knew the history about it. seemed a bit unusual to me, so I put more of an effort into learning about that, and I guess one of those things was to apply for Mastermind and have that as my topic, yeah. even though someone like my partner was like, oh, are you really that passionate about it? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. Like, I would have been happy to do anything, but I'm definitely very happy that we picked that one in the end. What was one of the other specialist subjects that you suggested to them as part of the application process? Yeah, so my number one pick was the Beatles, and that's because when I was a teenager, I was completely obsessed with yeah. them. So, I still in my brain have all the useless facts oh, about the Beatles. Really? And I remember watching one of the semi-finals and someone's topic was the Beatles album Revolver and I scored as well as he did. Oh, okay. Without researching at all. So, I was kind of like, oh, if I get the Beatles, then I'm like a shoe-in, <laughs> which might sound a bit arrogant. You have no idea how obsessed I was. <laughs> Do you think the producers of shows like Mastermind need to consider subjects where the readers are likely to at least be able to answer one or two of the questions to keep them engaged? I mean, if, if I'm watching a quiz show mm. and 
I just have no ability to answer any of the questions. Yeah, yeah. I tend to find it a bit frustrating, actually. <laughs> uh, well, with Mastermind, at least, and with uh, a couple of my competitors in the Tuesday episode, one person did Napoleon Three, who was a total obscurity to history, although he did say that he was quite significant in the design of Paris, which seemed really surprising that uh, Napoleon III would be so neglected historically, but uh, I couldn't imagine too many people knowing questions about that. That's true. So, off camera, Mark Fennell, who was talking to us, was saying that, from what he understands at least, audiences like to see people do well. So, I guess it's like, if the topic's obscure, but you're seeing someone, you know, score 16 points off the most obscure thing imaginable, then that's quite enjoyable because I guess it's kind of just like a shot out of the blue, like, who's even heard of this and this person knows so much about it? So, it's like- That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know about any data about that. I enjoy when a topic comes up, which I do know, but sometimes when I'm watching it, a topic will pop up and I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll be able to score really well. But then it's like really niche stuff and like, oh, okay, right, well- yeah. That's right. And Quite you, humbling, you, yeah. <laughs> you realise the limit of your knowledge. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That, yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And it has to be said that you did win your round and progressed yeah. to the end of week final mm. and disappointingly didn't go further. Yeah, that's right. Nathan, how do you prepare for being on Mastermind? I mean, with your special subject, did you just read as much as you could or did you try and anticipate what the questions possibly broadly might cover? So... Having watched the program a number of times, you get a feel for what kind of answers pop up. So, the structure of the show is that you get given a really long question and the answers are usually quite short. Yeah, and this is just my advice. <laughs> Things like years pop up, years, names, places, really like short answers. You're not going to be asked to do a long-winded sort of answer. I guess it's being able to pick up on the key words as quick as possible because you can't answer until the question's been read completely. So, that can give you a bit of an advantage if you figure it out halfway through the question, then you can like launch your answer and then move on to the next one. So, did you practice? Yeah, in the general knowledge, listening to the general knowledge ones and listening to old episodes back, you know, anticipating the end of the question and saying it and then getting frustrated at the person who's actually on who's like stumbling over (laughs) while you've already done it or whatever. (laughs) But the Canberra stuff, it just had a couple of books and there was some uh, fact sheets as well, which I just read over and over. And on the way to record the program, I had a voice recording of myself having read all these fact sheets. So, I listened to it about three times on the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was like three hours worth of, you know, listening to Canberra stuff. So, it was like no excuse for me not knowing it by the time I got there. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But as for general knowledge, you can't really prepare for that other than listening to old episodes or doing other quizzes and things like that in the hopes that there'll be a bit of overlap. I mean, it could come in from any field. Yeah, that's right. And you never know what you're going to get. In the episodes I was in, you know, you hear some questions given to other contestants and you're screaming in your head going, oh, my God, I know that one. But then you get onto the chair all smug like, oh, I'm going to smash this. But I know it's something with my brain at least like I don't appreciate the questions that I didn't get. So, then when you're actually there, you get hit by both the ones you do know and the ones you don't. And you go, oh, okay, right. So, I'm not actually there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all on the fly. So That's right. Yeah. Um, 
Nathan, when you were researching the history of Canberra, what do you think might have been the most obscure little bit of information about Canberra that you didn't know but you thought, oh, that's a, a strange little nugget? Well, I couldn't give you specifics, but I had really knuckled down on like minute details like the first novel that was set in Canberra. I think there might have even been information about 2XX, which I memorised because 2XX has had a significant community presence in Canberra, sure. being you know, over 40 years old yes. and Canberra having quite a lot of activism. Canberra's had things like the Aboriginal Ten Embassy, oh, which has been absolutely significant. A lot of uh, feminist activity here as well, a lot associated with ANU, and then by extension, 2XX being an important and still enduring voice. Look, that's a wonderful place to stop. <laughs> a plug for the stations, yeah. always welcome. Nathan, thank you for coming on, and thank you for choosing a subject where I actually did know some of the answers. Oh, okay. But, oh, but good, by good. no means all of them um, by a long stretch. But it was a really enjoyable viewing, watching you on the program, and oh, it's you. been really interesting hearing about it. So thanks for coming oh, on. Oh, thank you. And Mastermind is commissioned and broadcast by SBS. It airs weeknights at 6pm, and is also available on SBS On Demand. And that was Nathan Goobler sharing his experiences of being on a real quiz show on Mastermind. And that brings us to the end of tonight's program. I hope you've enjoyed it. Stay listening to People Powered Radio, FM 98.3, for more great programming. I'm Sophie Singh. Thanks for listening. Music